He has risen. They still got it, fun. <laughs> Welcome to Crossroads Church. My name is Brad Friedline. I'm the senior pastor here. And I, too, want to extend our welcome to you and are glad that you are here celebrating Resurrection Sunday with us. As I've been thinking and prepping for this week, I had this question running through my mind. What, what do we like about Easter? Why, why is Easter important? And why do personally I like Easter? Well, I can think of a number of different things, but uh, what would be fun to hear is from you. But we can't just do that, do that. So here's what I want you to do. I, I want you to like, turn to somebody next to you and in one sentence or less say, the reason why I like Easter is because, boom. Okay, ready? Go. Nice. Well, <clears throat> As I was thinking about that question, I thought, oh, you know what, we, it's important for us to ask experts. I mean, if we're going to ask any question, it's always point, important for us to ask the experts out there what they think and why they like Easter. So I did that, and I just want to show you a little clip of some experts answering the question, what they like about Easter. Oh, golly, golly. Sorry about that. Uh, it was just so funny and cute and just on and on Griffin went. Oh, that was best. Uh, yeah, experts, you know, uh, I mean, we all love candy, right? Easter candy, that's got to be the best. Hunting for Easter eggs. Um, 
I call that segment, um, you know, Little Alpha's Big Ideas, because if you don't know yet, this generation is called Generation Alpha. So any child, any person born between 2011 to present day, they're Generation Alpha. So that's why we want the Little Alpha and the Big Ideas. We did ask the Little Alphas a little bit more important and theologically deep questions also. And so I do have another clip that I need to show you, and this is another question that has theological impact on the church at large. Are we ready? Here we go. Would you rather hop like a bunny or walk like a duck every, everywhere you went? Waddle like a duck. Hop. 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 Okay, so now everybody stand up, and I want you to do what you think is most important, hop like a bunny or waddle like a duck. Wow, what a bunch of, we got a couple out there, yes, yes, Carol back there, yeah, Carol works in kids ministry, she's all over that, oh man, hmm. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get our kids up and hopping around as we go here. Uh, Easter, as you know, is a little bit more than candy and the Easter bunny. It's a little more than hopping and waddling like a duck. Easter is about celebrating Resurrection Sunday. And this is a big deal. I mean, like Christmas, this is one of the two main celebrations of the church today. Christmas, as we know, is when we celebrate the incarnation of Jesus Christ. It's when Christ came in the flesh. And I love how the message translation um, shares this in John chapter 1, verse 14. So I'm just going to have us read through that real quickly. The Word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes. The one-of-kind glory, like Father, like Son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. I love that picture of Jesus 
coming into the flesh and moving into the neighborhood. It speaks of Jesus just coming and being one of our neighbors. He stepped down off of the throne and became a man. The Gospels then paint a picture for us, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, of Jesus. And it's a story of Jesus. And we see God in all of his amazing glory in the flesh. Everything he did, from miracles to teachings, for caring for the people who are poor and outcast, to challenging the power brokers of that day, whether they're religious or political, everything reflected the glory of God. Everything Jesus did. Easter, then, is when we celebrate the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And here's the thing. If the resurrection didn't happen, then everything that we read about and believe would be nothing. There'd be no reason for us to be here. There would be no reason for us to read the Bible. There would be no reason for any of that. This celebration is the crux of the Christian faith because Jesus died on the cross and he rose again. It's what we talked about a little bit on Good Friday service is that death paid the penalty for our sins. There was a cost. There was a cost when Adam and Eve ate of that tree. There was a cost when sin entered the world and that cost was that somebody had to pay the price and Jesus stepped into it and Jesus paid the price. Hallelujah, right? And then Jesus not only paid the price, but he rose again and he conquered death so that we know that we have eternity with him in glory. Thank you. So one of the phrases we often use in the church is this phrase, you must be born again. So what does that mean, to be born again? And is that even in the Bible? Well, yes it is. It is in the Bible. And in John, we find it in John chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. It says this, There was a man from the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to him at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform these signs you do unless God were with him. Jesus replied, Truly I tell you, unless someone is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. There it is, right there. Unless someone is born again, They cannot see the kingdom of God. Again, that that brings us to this question of what does it mean to be born again? Well, you know, I wouldn't be a good pastor if I didn't consult experts. And so I consulted my same group of experts that I've already consulted this morning. And so let's hear what our little alphas have to say about being born again.
to, once we believe in he, him, we, like, we get back, we, um, we're baptized and, like, we're giving, we're, like, giving him all of our sins and, um, coming again new. Um, like, being born again instead of, like, being baptized. He means, like, when you get baptized, it's, like, when you go under the water, you die, and then when you come up, you're reborn in a new life. I think it's when you become a Christian, you die and then come back to life. Nice. Um, just though, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. Just um, uh, just, just you just become reborn when you die. Just basically the simpler version of these two. Things. Like born in heaven or something. You want to be born again. He means like when like we give his our heart to him, that means like we'll be born again. Or it means like um, when you die and you give your heart before, then you'll rise up again in heaven. Now to be fair to all you kids who are up on the video. A bunch of adults might be sitting there going, um, I'm not quite sure how to answer that question, what it means to be born again. So, you're okay. I just think it was good. My, one of my favorite lines is that, I don't want to be reborn. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, through the eyes and the heart and the mind of a kid to be reborn? I mean, what's that all about? I mean, even Nicodemus fully didn't understand what it means to be born again. This is, you know, Nicodemus, a Pharisee and a ruler of the Jews. And as we talked about two weeks ago on the education system of the Jews, Nicodemus was the best of the best of the best. He was a Talmudim, which means he was a disciple. He was one that had been chosen and here he is, the best of the best. He's born a Jew. He's a ruler in the Jews. He grew up looking at the world through that lens. And even he didn't fully understand, didn't even understand, period, what Jesus is talking about, about what it means to be born again. And so here is what, G, or what Nicodemus asks. How can anyone be born when he is old? Nicodemus asked. Can he enter his mother's womb a second time and be born? That's no different than what's a couple of our kids up there. Right? He didn't know. He didn't comprehend. So kid and kids, you're off the hook. But the interesting thing for me is in the verse 3 where it says... You cannot see the kingdom of God if you are not born again. Now, now let's look at this. Nicodemus was born into, as I said, this worldview where he was a Jew. And so being born a Jew meant you were chosen. You, you're part of God's kingdom already. It's a done deal. There's nothing you have to do. You are in. His culture, his way of life 
said that he was in. And he knew it all. He was the best of the best. And these Jews who were chosen and who are already in were waiting for the Messiah. They had been waiting a long time. The prophets of old had been talking about this Messiah that would come, this Savior that would conquer the world, that would establish His kingdom. And their vision, of course, of the kingdom was maybe a little off from what Jesus came to set up. I mean, they were fully anticipating that the Messiah would come and set up a kingdom like King David. And when King David reigned, he reigned over all of the land back at that time. He was the ruler. So they anticipated the Messiah to come in and kick the Romans out and establish kingdom, God's kingdom. And it's through those eyes that Nicodemus is looking He's already in. He already knows what the kingdom of God is. He's just waiting for the Messiah to come and set it up. Come on, Messiah. Come. Kick out the Romans. Set up your capital, your throne. Sit on your throne. But Jesus says, be born again. Now, in verse 2, Nicodemus did acknowledge that Jesus must be from God. He, he says, you, you must be from God because you're doing these miracles, you're doing these signs and wonders. So, although it doesn't say here that Nicodemus is asking this question, Nicodemus, I think, is wondering this. Are you the Messiah? I mean, the miracles go along with it, kind of, Right? He's healing all kinds of people. His teaching is amazing. He's got people falling all over. But where, where's the sword? Where's the shield? Where's the armor? When, when are we going to battle? When are we going to kick the Romans out? And here you are. You're feeding people and caring for the poor. Hanging out with sinners and tax collectors. This Jesus is not the Messiah we are waiting for. So who are you, Jesus, is kind of what Nicodemus is wondering. So are you really the Messiah? Do you, do you sense maybe the, the confusion that's going on in Nicodemus' mind and his heart? He's, he's seeing all these miracles and yet... He's got this picture of what the Messiah is going to do and the kingdom of God he's going to set up. And, and then Jesus says, I need to be born again in order to see the kingdom of God. How, how do I do that when I'm old? How can I be born again? Nicodemus is stuck in viewing everything through his physical view. And again, Jesus says, you cannot see unless you're born again. What Nicodemus doesn't realize is that the kingdom of God that Jesus came to establish was not based on a territory. 
was not based on land, was not based on physical, what can be touched. The kingdom of God that Jesus came to establish was really a matter of ruling over the hearts and the minds of men and women. You see, I cannot see the kingdom of God if my focus is on self, if my focus is on God setting up what I think his kingdom should look like. I can only see the kingdom of God if I change my view and get off the need to be in position of power or having possession or being in control when I sur surrender everything to the rule of Jesus in my life when I am born again that's when I begin to see the kingdom of God and Jesus responds to Nicodemus's question about being born again by saying this Truly I tell you, unless someone is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Whatever is born of the flesh is flesh, and whatever is born of the Spirit is spirit. For some scholars, the water reference is to baptism, and thus the water reference is to this outward symbol, this idea of you're one person, you go under the water and you come out a different person. And the Spirit is a reference to the transforming power of God that works inside of the believer. It is the kingdom of God establishing rule over our spirits, over our hearts, over our minds. It is being born of water and the Spirit. If you're born of the flesh, that is physical birth. If you're born of the Spirit, that is spiritual birth. So the only way to see the kingdom of God is by being born again. And the only way to be born again is to surrender my heart and my mind to Jesus Christ. It's what Peter talks about at Pentecost. If you remember Pentecost, the disciples are waiting. They're waiting. Jesus has ascended. They're waiting. The Spirit of God comes upon them. Peter preaches. And as he's preaching the good news, the people go, what must we, be do? What must we do to be saved? And Peter says, repent and be baptized. To repent means to turn away, turn back. If you're going this way and it's the wrong way, repent means then turn and go the other way. To be born again is to realize that in, in my flesh, I was born this way, and this is the way I view the world, this way. But now to be born again is to mean I'm going to surrender everything to Christ, and I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to go the way of Jesus. It's repenting of sin. It's turning back to God. It's a realization that when I look at the world through my physical eyes, I will not see the kingdom of God. But when I look through my spiritual birth eyes, I begin to see the kingdom of God.
You see, being born into someone's family, you have, re, you know, resemblance. I mean, you can tell, you can look at families that are together, and you go, yeah, your siblings, or yep, that's your parents. I mean, it's my oldest son. If you look at our pictures when we're kids, mine and his, you'll go, which one is which? Mine was kind of black and white, so maybe, you know, you can tell that difference. Even when you see us together, you see it, and as we've been going through pictures at my mom's house as we go on through stuff. I found a picture of my grandma and all of a sudden when she was young and I was like, that's my cousin Jerry. It's just like, oh, see family resemblance. You're born into a family. You resemble the family. Spiritual birth means you begin to resemble the Messiah. The Savior. In a couple of weeks ago, when we talked about being a disciple of Jesus and what that looks like, we talked about there was really three areas to being a disciple of Christ, and that is be with Jesus, be like Jesus, do what Jesus does. So to be born again means that I'm going to turn from going the way of the world and doing what the world says, and I'm going to churn, and I'm going to go after Jesus, and I'm going to be a part of Jesus' family. I'm, I'm born into his family, so I'm going to be like Jesus. I'm going to be with Jesus, and I'm going to do the things that Jesus does so that when people see me, they see Jesus. Later on in John chapter 3, a very familiar verse, Jesus says this, For God loved the world in this way, He gave His one and only Son, so that everyone who believes Him will not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. This is what we need to remember is that everything God has done is out of His great love for us. His demonstration of that love was sending His Son, Jesus. He sent Jesus to move into our neighborhood, hang out with us, and then He sent His Son, Jesus, to die on the cross to pay the penalty for all our sins, and then he rose again so that we could spend eternity with Christ. The barrier that was between us and God has been erased. We can have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. In fact, Paul talks about we have been reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. That happened at the cross. That happened when Christ rose again. And when we recognize it, and when we pursue God to be like God, we are saying, I'm born again because I want to be like Jesus. So to be born again means that I will surrender my life to Jesus, no longer striving after the kingdoms of this world it means striving after the kingdom of God to be with Jesus, to be like Jesus, to do what he does so that when people see me, 
they see Jesus. As we end our service this morning, I want to ask you the question, are you born again? And the magic here is not about praying a specific prayer. That's not the magic. The magic is really in asking yourself, whose kingdom am I going after today? Am I after my own kingdom? Or am I after the kingdom of God? Am I surrendering myself to the kingdoms of this world? Or am I surrendering myself to Jesus? That is the question that is before you today. And part of that question is, do you want to see the kingdom of God? Do you want to see the kingdom of God in your life? Do you want to see the kingdom of God around you? John says in chapter 10, 10, that Jesus came to give us life and to give us abundantly. To give us overflowing. Now he's not talking about perfect life without pain, without struggle, but he's talking about that in the midst of everything you experience, the good, the bad, and the ugly, there will be peace, there will be contentment, there will be joy, there will be purpose. You will see the kingdom of God. It's crazy. Because in some of my darkest times, we, Terry and I have mentioned our time in St. Cloud and how hard that that was. As I look back, in the midst of that hardest and most difficult time, I can see the kingdom of God in the midst of it. It's people demonstrating their love to us by giving us gifts when we had nothing. It's by finding out later that there's a couple that didn't even know us that were praying for us and been praying for us for a couple of years and then when we transferred to another church, that man was on the elder board of that church. And so here he is, he's looking at my application in my last interview and he's seeing my name and he's seeing Terry's name and he doesn't know our last name because all he knows is he's been praying for this Brad and Terry from St. Cloud and he and his wife have been praying for us for over two years in the midst of our most darkest time. You see, most of the time we see the kingdom of God in our struggle. That's where it becomes most evident. So again, my question for you today is, are you born again? Do you see the kingdom of God? If not, I, I'm going to be up here after the service and I invite you to come and just have a conversation with me. I'd just love to hear your story. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you that out of your great love for us, you died on the cross for our sins. That you rose again so we could spend eternity with you. So that when we are born again, we can see your kingdom 
thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.